Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur live video and audio podcast. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the weird and wonderful, crazy left field lessons from possibly the best five-year-old golfer in the world and uh, my time raising him and being his dad. Now, as you'll know, if you're a parent, you learn as much from your children as they learn from you. And I guess naively before I had kids, I assumed that my role as a parent was to, you know, instill good values upon them, raise them, teach them. But if you close your ability to learn from them as much and equally as you teach them, then the gifts of parenting, I think, probably elude you. And certainly there's frustrations and challenges. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different business, life, money, progress, success lessons from spending virtually every day for the last four years playing golf with my son, who is now, there isn't a better five-year-old golfer in the world than him. So before I go into these, of course, I'm a biased dad, so you did take that into account. But he was the highest finishing five-year-old in the world under six championships. That's a good start. All right, so say hi. Tell me where you're from. If you're on the video live, hi, where are you from? How can I help? If you're listening into the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast on audio, join us in the communities. Come and say hi. This is not just about listening passively, but being part of an engaged community where I can help you disrupt, make money, make a difference. All right, then. So I think rule number one for business and life that I learn from my son is never expect things to be the same. Just as I think I've got a methodology, a system, a pattern, a routine for working Bobby's golf well, you know, going with him, enjoying it, him loving it, it completely gets disrupted normally by him. So um, I'll just give you some examples. And um, hey, I'm not recommending this as parent advice, by the way. But when Bobby was very young, I used to be able to ethically bribe him with a Twix. And he'd pretty much do anything I wanted if he could get a couple of Twix bites. So he'd go and hit 250 balls in the range when he was two and three, like a machine. You know, and I thought I had the answer to parenting and raising the world number one golfer by giving him Twix. Then, of course, Gemma, my fiance, rightly said, you can't keep giving him Twix because one bite turns into two bites, turns into four bites, turns into eight bites. And all of, you know, like, and, and you know, there's too much sugar in that. And I got told off by a few friends who are into health. And Jim was like, you can't do that. And it's like, once I stopped using that as leverage, it, it became a lot harder. So then Jim would allow me to give him the odd sweet. So he'd get some Haribos and then we'd line up all the putts. I've got a putting green. I built one outside the front garden there. And, um, you know, he'd do hundreds of putts on the promise that he could get a few sweets. And then Jim was like, oh, well, he's getting too good. He's having too many sweets, so you can't do that. So then we introduced money. Now, before you think I'm just bribing him, let me get, let me get to the point. So then we introduced money. And it was great. Money was the best one because I was able to teach him to add up all the money, to count the money, to touch the money, to feel the money. You know, and in the process of putting, you learn one piece, two piece, five piece, ten piece. He learned to add. We were adding up with golf balls, adding up with money, and it was really great. The problem with that is he was getting so good, he was winning so much money. He had like a 55, 60 foot putt when we were in America playing in the World Championships. 
And um, he said to me, Daddy, if I get this in, can I have $100? Is how he says it, $100. And I was like, yeah, of course, because they never get it in. And he banged it in from 60 feet. Now, all of a sudden, $100, that's the new normal. Uh, and you might have seen in his recent video where he just got his second hole in one that he, uh, he, he managed to sort of con me into giving him a Krugerrand for getting a hole in one, which I thought, you know, he'd get when he's like 16 and he's got it when he's five. And by the way, Tiger Woods got his first hole in one at age eight. No, six. And Bobby's had two at age five. So then when money became too much, he's got into Star Wars. So now he wins Star Wars minutes. And, you know, and it really focuses his mind. Now, I'll, link, I'll talk about that in number two. But the point is this. Just when you think you've got your strategies mastered, your marketing, your sales, your strategy, your vision or whatever, it will get disrupted. Someone will get disrupted. It will change. The only constant is change. The only certainty is uncertainty. So... Once you've got a system and a routine, you want half of your brain thinking, okay, this is going to get disrupted at some point. Property investors, we know it's changing all the time. So what can I do to make sure that I embrace that? And, and what's the next thing? Always, you know, having sort of 10 or 20% of your time looking on the next thing while keeping following the system of the existing thing. All right, so that's number one. Number two, and my, one of my mentors, John Demartini, taught me this. He said that in order to be successful in business and life in any area, you either serve your vision and values, i.e. you do the thing that's most important to you in your life, or you link how doing your current task or role will serve the things that are most important to you in your life, you know, your vision or your values. So with Bobby, you know, sometimes he'll get up and he'll come to me and he'll want to part and he'll want to play golf, but other times he won't. And, um, you know, some people might think I'm kind of a bit pushy and I probably do lean on being a bit pushy. But, you know, there's a fine balance between Bobby's passion for golf and my passion for Bobby's passion for golf. Now, I want to raise a son who overcomes problems and challenges, doesn't give up, doesn't try everything and master nothing. You know, it doesn't feel in any way entitled, knows that he's got to earn his, his way and his right to success. And golf's a great analogy to that. So if Bobby doesn't want to do golf, but I think it's right for him because it's a good day and he needs to get out of the house and it's good for exercise, etc., then what I'll do, thanks to what I learned from Dr. John, is I will work out what's most important to him in his life at the moment, and then I will link that to doing golf. So for example, it used to be playing with um, Thomas the Tank Engine or watching Thomas the Tank Engine or, or winning certain toys that he's into, or at the moment, Star Wars minutes. So when I link... What's most important to him at the moment, Star Wars, or Thomas the Tank Engine, or money, you know, learning about it, making it, to golf, do this and you'll get this, and, and teaching him to work and earn them value towards something. I've noticed that nine times out of ten, Bobby will do it, and he'll push himself. And it's amazing to see when we're on the last hole on the golf course, like, you know, this Saturday, like I said, he got the hole in one. We're on the last hole, and he really wanted to get a birdie because he hadn't had a birdie, even though he'd had a hole in one. And he basically just kept replaying the hole, replaying the hole, replaying the hole. And he wouldn't give up till he got his birdie and hit one ball, two ball, three ball. He is fourth nine iron. He put it to about uh, four feet and then he held the putt. And he wouldn't give up because he knew he was going to attain something that was important to him. And he wasn't doing it just for golf. No golfer in the world does golf just for golf. They do it for a feeling of success or a feeling of progress or a feeling of fulfillment or a trophy or your name on the board or something. So there's all, often something linked to the thing we're doing, not just the passion of the thing we're doing. Because the thing we're doing, any business or vocation that you've got and a passion that you're into, there's hard times, you know, and it's not always fun. So point two is link the values 
that you have to your business or your vocation, the thing that you're doing, and you'll be more inspired and motivated to go and do it, especially when it's hard. All right, lesson number three is you always want to be ready. Don't get ready, be ready. And twice now I have missed getting a hole in one on video because I wasn't prepared and ready. Now, I, you can't see here, but you can see I've probably got, I've got a home studio here. And I've got all this GoPro equipment. I've got a hat with the bloody GoPro on it. I've got a chest harness with the GoPro on it. And I didn't even use it. And I missed two hole-in-ones. So don't get ready. Be ready. Always be ready. That's lesson number three. Because Bobby never does his hole-in-ones or his brilliant chips or holding his monster putts when I'm ready. He does it when he's ready. So don't get ready. Be ready. Number four, make it fun. So... Bobby will do golf a lot more for a longer amount of time if it is fun. So how can we make it fun? So for example, Bobby loves Hulk and you know he loves hitting the ball and going Hulk smash. And what he used to love doing was talking about things that are bigger and bigger and bigger. What's the biggest animal? You know, what's the biggest this, what's the biggest that? So when we were doing his driving, he'd say that this is a, an elephant boom and then this is a mammoth boom and then we'd say, what's bigger than a mammoth? And he'd say a blue whale and this, this is a blue, blue whale boom and then try and hit it even harder because it's bigger. And, and it, you know, all the things that he's into that's fun and funny to him, we'd bring into golf. Now, by the way, um, I think the fifth thing, so the fourth thing was make it fun. How can you make business fun for your employees? I think it's really important that you, you create an environment, a space and a culture that people want to be in. You make sure that you're enjoying business and enjoying the ride and not just, you know, always putting the results in the future and the hunger to succeed for the millions there, but you never get and you're always reaching and it's so hard and intense. No, make it fun. Have a laugh with your staff. Make it a place they want to be in where they enjoy it. Then they'll stay more and then they'll do all the things that you want them to do and they'll, they'll enjoy it. Yeah, number five then is... Don't beat yourself up. You're not perfect. It's okay not to be perfect. I've made some awful decisions as a parent. Sometimes I've let Bobby off the hook. Sometimes I've pushed him too hard. You know, I, you know and like, I know I've done some things which I think, oh man, that was terrible parenting. He once was really winding me up, really not listening to what I was saying. You know, Bobby has this way of saying, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy. And I'm, I'm the sort of person, you know, the entrepreneur, I hate it when people say no to me. He's not saying no to me. He's growing up. But I got so annoyed with him. I got his Twix. He was only like two and a half and we were on the golf course. And I threw it in the bushes. And I went, you, you know, no, I won't say what I said. I think I might have shared it on another podcast. I was so angry. I picked up a two and a half year old's Twix and I threw it in the bushes. What terrible parenting. And in that moment, I was like, oh, this is terrible. Wish, you know, hoping that no one had got it on video. That'll probably come out when I'm famous. Anyway, you know, afterwards he ran in, crying his eyes out. Five minutes later when he was sort of, I went and chased him. He was running around and he ran and he said, daddy, daddy, I found the Twix, I found the Twix. And it was, it, everything was all good. So you're not perfect. Don't beat yourself up about the mistakes you make. Just, you know, do the best you can with what you've got. You're not a perfect parent. By the way, you're not supposed to be a perfect parent because you're supposed to challenge them as well as support them. And so you're not perfect in business. You're supposed to have challenges as well as, you know, things that are normal, things that are good, things that go your way. OK, so how are we doing? Uh, just um, please say hi and where you're from if you're tuning in live. This is going a little bit longer than I thought. So I think what we'll do is we'll do a part two next week because we're on, yeah, number six is watch your mood. So you know what it's like with kids. They absolutely sense your mood. And it's really amazing how they can and they pick up on it. And, you know, they'll just exacerbate it or stoke it. 
And, um, you know, so one of the things that really disrupts our golf is if we're late. Now, I can blame, Rob, blame, blame Bobby for making us half an hour late, but that's not his fault. I've got to uh, start half an hour earlier. So a golf always goes a lot better when we're not late and we're not rushing. Because A, you know you what it's like, it's a bit of a faff and a faff, um, but also how frustrated you get and then you put that frustration out. So lateness, impatience, not having enough time, kids can just pick up on it. And so it is in your business and your venture and you're dealing with you know, JV partners and looking at raising money and, and contacts. So don't be late, don't get impatient, don't be frustrated, don't let anything that's going on on your um, smartphone or your laptop or your life or social media that's weighing in your mind, disrupt the present moment. Don't dump it out on your staff, don't dump it out on your customers, we've all done it. And um, you know, you're not perfect, you're allowed to forgive yourself for the odd mistake. If you get it right 95% of the time, you should think, you know, that's totally awesome, that's as good as perfect as I'm gonna get. But watch your mood, because it will damage your business and your brand and your reputation much more than anything anyone else could do. All right, so we're gonna do a part two, because I don't wanna keep you here forever. Well, I do, but I'm not going to. So in part two, we'll cover how routines create results, planning and the environment, how to get someone else to decide to do something you want to do, having a plan, but having enough freedom within the plan and the balance of your projection versus allowing other people to be themselves. So I hope you enjoyed this audio and video podcast. Make sure you're a member of the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community. Just search it on Facebook. Come and join. We'll carry on the debate. I'm testing a lot of my new book chapters in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community, so you'll get a little bit of a, an advanced flavour of what's going to be in the book Money, the story and psychology, how to know more, make more, and give more. Also, really excited, I'm interviewing the E-Myth author, Michael Gerber, tonight. So join the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community and ask me any questions you'd like me to ask him because I want it to be information about you. So I've got five questions I want to ask him. I've collected about another 10 from our communities. I'd like a couple more. So join the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community and post your question that you'd like me to ask Michael Gerber. I've also got an interview with Francois, the CEO of Odemars PGA, which is uh, very exciting. I don't think anyone on a podcast ever in this space has interviewed him and Richard Reed of Innocent Smoothies as well. So uh, we've got some great guests coming your way. Stay tuned. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.